Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto today. So drunk driving kills less people than it ever has before in this country. That's a good thing. We have far fewer fatalities from drunk driving. But when we do, as we had in the case of a police officer killed by an alleged drunk driver on Wednesday, we don't sentence those that commit those crimes at all like other countries do. Not just the United States, but countries in Europe. Other countries give longer sentences. Does that work as a deterrent? Well, we lead first world countries in drunk driving fatalities per 100,000 people. So we got to look at all the answers as to why that might be the case. We discussed that on Toronto Today. Uh, 38-year-old Travis Gillespie uh, was a constable with York Region Police, and he died on Wednesday. But before I give you some of those details, I want to let you know what we're getting wrong about this. There's a couple myths that I want to just obliterate right now when it comes to drunk driving. And I bring that up because Gillespie's uh, collision was with a 23-year-old man from Markham charged with impaired driving causing death. Uh, his name is Haju Haju Zhu, and he was charged with dangerous driving causing death, impaired driving causing death. What we don't do here, because it feels like we don't reveal anything about crimes. Look at Saskatchewan. That's been that's been nine days now. How'd Miles Sanderson die? Anybody know? No. And that we feel like we're further away from knowing than we were nine days ago. But this accident that happened at 6 a.m. Wednesday is getting pushed around a little bit narrative wise. And I wanted to correct a couple things. Uh, no. No, there aren't more drunk driving deaths in Canada than there used to be. It just seems that way, probably, because they're more rare. And so we talk about them and amplify them more. They've gone down and fatalities and car accidents, period, have gone way, way, way down. It's almost never been safer to be in a car. I know we get that news Wednesday and people are very concerned. Well, and I think we've got heightened awareness when we're driving uh, at nighttime. Do you drive the same way at 1 a.m. on the DVP on a Saturday night after uh, after a night out that you do at 11 a.m. on a Wednesday? I don't. I'm well aware that somebody might be more driving erratically. We have street racing. We have people zooming past us, three cars, four cars, five cars, and we don't want anything to do with that for the most part, us law-abiding citizens. But motor vehicle deaths are way, way, way down. There's no doubt about it. Why? It's way safer to be in a car. Drunk drivers are killing fewer people, not more people. Way the campaign to get people to start driving sober and stop driving drunk worked. You can actually, this is a great lesson also for public health. You can have a campaign, you can push hard, and it will take time, but you'll see the results. And we started seeing that by about the early 90s. Probably, I, I think we started seeing commercials about uh, take the keys, get a designated driver. We started seeing those commercials probably around 1982, 83. Um, luckily, if, if they did, our parents and your parents all made it through the 70s and 60s, probably doing it a lot more than we ever had. A lot more. None of us ever want to be behind the wheel while having one too many or two too many. But it's a good bet that a couple of us have done that a couple times. And we try and absolutely avoid that. We feel pretty fortunate. And I can't remember the last time I would have done it. But we feel fortunate after the case. But also, let's bring these up. We're wearing seatbelts more. Uh, seatbelts are better also. We, we drive less. 
We've got more avenues for public transit. Cars are getting better at avoiding crashes. Brakes are better. Uh, Warning systems are better. Airbags make crashes safer if you're going to have a crash. But here's what we're getting wrong in Canada. And here's what's not getting talked about enough. We don't do well with sentencing. We don't do well at all. And we do have a worse rate of drunk driving deaths, despite the fact they're down across the board, than other wealthy countries. So why is that? Well, you could make the case, and let me do that right here, you could make the case that we don't create enough of a deterrent, that nobody thinks that they're going in for the long haul if you kill someone in a drunk driving accident. Why? Because we're really lousy at closing the door on people. People will reference Marco Muzo, and that's understandably so. Let me remind you, he got full parole uh, four years after killing, in essence, an entire family. He's a member of one of Canada's wealthiest families. Okay. Got back on a private jet from a bachelor party. So drunk, he had peed himself on that flight, and he decided to drive home from the airport in his Jeep Cherokee. He killed three young children and a grandfather. 10-year prison sentence, got out on full parole after four of those 10 years. It's not right. It's not right. We have in Canada the worst rate of drunk driving deaths in the developed world, though way fewer than 15, 20 years ago. 1,500 people every year in Canada die from fatalities involving drunk drivers. And we just lost a young, brilliant cop to that on Wednesday who was about to buy a home. So why are we pushing through startlingly lenient treatment to the perpetrators, and they are that, of our most noteworthy crime, drunk driving deaths. I can give you lots of lists. And by the way, yes, there's many women on this list as well. We let them off the hook. Now, you might say, hey, Greg, is there a gender difference in how big-time sentencing is, is made for, in essence, felony offenders? Yes, in the United States and here. Men get sentenced longer for the same crime as females. The data's all over the place. You tell me why that is, I'm not sure. Sometimes women get, uh, get a harsh sentence when they violate a sex role stereotype. Like if a woman were to break into a house or rob a bank or assault someone, they actually get you know, taken out of that, that female box and get given a longer sentence. But we have to figure out how to do this a little bit better. We have to figure out how to make punishment matter for alcohol-related vehicle deaths. Let me give you the numbers. Among high-income countries, percentage of motor vehicle deaths related to alcohol impairment, we're at 34. 66% of Canadians who die aren't involved in a drunk driving crash, but 34% are. That's higher than the States. That's higher than Australia. That's way higher than France, Belgium, or Finland. And we, we don't want to lead this category. So we have to figure this out. And I don't know what what it is, but I think stiffer sentences is part of the way through. We'll hear all about this 23-year-old, I'm sure, how he didn't mean to make a mistake, how he feels terrible for his loss, how he can never repay. That shouldn't make a difference in the sentencing, okay? That shouldn't. He took a life. He took the life of a potential father and a potential husband. We're not even in the category of saying this should be 10 years, 15 years. This maybe even should be 18 to 20 years. He's 23, Greg. What about the rest? I don't have a what about here. I don't have a second's hesitation. But I also know this person shouldn't be paroled in three or four years. And my fear is he will be. You want to get off the leaderboard for alcohol-related vehicle deaths? You punish the alcohol-related vehicle deaths just a little bit more stiffly.